Hey, Storm Freaks, it's Phil. We're finishing National Weather Podcast Month with tonight's guest, a meteorologist Lamont Bain from the National Weather Service Flagstaff Office. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's always, always evolving, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the latest in uh, observational equipment, you know, we're, we're starting to look at things like auto launchers for uh, weather balloon launches to uh, producing high resolution model guidance that runs essentially every hour and can actually give us time steps on the order of 15 to 30 minutes. So we're talking about uh, numerical modeling that has has really advanced uh, pretty uh, pretty quickly, uh, at least since I was going to uh, going to school. So pretty uh, pretty impressive. And we've also got more hashtag Weather Fools and Brady's What Happens Next segment. It's all on episode one fifty four of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Going green, greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, thanks to our Patreon members that uh, certainly help us uh, support the show, including those joining us live tonight. Uh, we've been talking a little bit here uh, pre-show with Steve Collier uh, is with us. I'm trying to see if anyone else has jumped on. No one else has jumped on. And then back in our green room, uh, we've got uh, Dan and Angela are back there as well. Um, but we just uh, want to say thank you to all of those that uh, join our team at patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks and uh, are with us live in the chat or, or they're on the show with us having a chance to normally communicate with our uh, guests. Uh, it is always happy hour on our show and it always gives us a chance to introduce the co-hosts that are with us tonight and also let you know you know, we like, like to have a little fun. And, and so I'm going to go around uh, with our co-host tonight and not only find out what they're drinking, but guys, I'm going to also ask you, tell us what you're drinking and what is, what's your favorite all-time TV show? Like what was, what was, and maybe it still is, like I don't see a lot of TV now, but what was it uh, or still is that you just, you, you got to keep watching, either you binged it when, if it was binged or it was like every week it was constant must-see TV kind of stuff. And, and I'm going um, to start down in Atlanta. Dina Knightley, our meteorologist and weather producer at the Weather Channel. Dina, what are you drinking and what's your favorite TV show? I'm actually not drinking, drinking liquor today. I've been trying to be good and cut out the alcohol a little bit, you know. Doesn't have any that. police involved or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I respect that, Dina. I respect that. <laughs> um, let's see. As far as TV shows go, okay, Dexter, number one. Hmm. Anybody know? Anybody ever yeah. watched? That was the best. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen that show. Yeah, I haven't it seen it. It was the best, and I just, you know, they just had that last uh, season that just came out like ten years after the uh, the so-called end of the show, and it was yeah. good. The, the ending still could have been a little better, but still all time number one favorite show. What 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 you like? So, what made it so good? I just liked it. Um, you know, it's there's a bad guy, of course. He's a serial killer. That's the whole thing. But the the fact that there is mm. humor in it. But I like characters that really think ahead. Um, that really have plan a plan. Like no matter what this guy falls into what trouble he falls into 
he always has finds a way out of it, you know, and, and <laughs> I kind of like that. It's always the the writing was very was done very well. It was a very thought out. Um, there's a lot of shows like that where, you know, like you might watch season two and then season four, it's tied back in because it's written so well. But, the lead um, character's name Dexter. Dexter yes. Morgan. <laughs> good guess. How did you guys never even hear <laughs> Dexter? Oh, it's, it's just a hunch, you know? Dina, so I hit, love Dexter. I love it's Dexter. Best. It's, it's the really, best. really good. It had humor and serial killers? Hmm. Yes. Like so <laughs> the whole thing was that this this boy, his mother was killed in front of him when he was little, and a no cop spoilers. took him in. Whoa! I'm just whoa. starting it. All right. No, no, this is just how it's. <laughs> it's only been out for a decade. It's been out since like the I don't know, before iPhones, that's for sure. But um, but you know, like this cop uh, takes him in and adopts him. And he tell could tell as he's getting older that he's got these bad tendencies to want to kill. So he teaches him how to just kill bad people so that he doesn't go to jail. And he, and he turns out to be a forensic scientist. So he, he knows how DNA works. He knows how um, blood works. He's a blood guy. Um, so he's in, in the police department. And so he's an insider. If you haven't watched it, it's fabulous. Interesting. Which decade? It's on my list. Which decade? Um, Which decade? I mean, <laughs> probably started in I don't early two thousand. Oh, early two yeah. thousands. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah, then yeah. it went to like maybe I don't know. Uh, it went eight seasons, and then everybody hated the ending. Yeah, um, I did too. And, yeah, and so it just came out. It just, I mean, it, it came out in Showtime, and it had huge like a huge following cool so that was a good one all right we're gonna jump up to uh northeast uh of our country there in vermont serena arnold our former meteorologist at the mount washington observatory serena what are you drinking and then uh yeah your your favorite tv show okay of so all time i'm sitting in in new hampshire drinking oh i'm sorry <laughs> i always get those is it is it the one Fine. that's shaped like a v or the one that's like Vermont's the V. I'm the, I'm the upside yeah, down she's, one. It's right. the inverse. I'll never yeah. get that right, just so you know. I'll keep saying that's okay. that forever. But that's all right. But hey, that's It's like okay. North or South Dakota. <laughs> all right. But yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I'm drinking a, a, a Cloud Drop double IPA. Which oh, nice. Is just a cute little wow. little beer. Um, and like you, Dina, I'm like, I only have like something to drink on every other Thursday night now. So um, a double that? IPA I'm should just, put me under the table. Because I'm getting too old and I can't just drink and eat whatever I want. Yep. And <laughs> you guys aren't old. You guys are I'm like young. the oldest <laughs> one I on here. Tell you differently. <laughs> I want to fit yeah. my pants. Look at this. You see this oh, great that's, hair? Hey, that's a entirely different show. We're not doing that tonight, Dina. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe that is my We're favorite show. Dina, <laughs> you just reminded me of that YouTube video and you said, I want to fit my pants. Where there's <laughs> one that's called Ship My Pants. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. When you're no, done with the show, you've got to okay. type in Ship My Pants. It was an oh actual commercial that they pulled. It's hysterical. All right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Favorite TV show? Yeah. I'm going to bring On the, that um... note. <laughs> That's the little segue. Yeah, I know. I'm awesome. going to, I feel like I'm going to bring the uh, IQ of the room down a little bit, but like. Ooh. Family Guy, 
Bob's Burgers. Great show. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Really? Yeah, they're they're good. They're just so yeah. good. They're just so funny, and it's like one after another after another with the jokes, and some of them go over your head like at first, and it takes you a minute. Oh my god. Yeah, those are they're the best. How long has that show been out now? Long time. It's been oh a while. man. I mean, Family Guy started what in uh, two thousand and. 2000 2001 yeah. was the it first was, season was, and then it went it away early. yeah and then and then you know came back because um because it's awesome so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay all right uh maz we're coming to you mark massaro former on-camera meteorologist in cincinnati uh what are you drinking before i get to that does anybody feel like the line from jurassic park when they say eventually is there going to be dinosaurs on the dinosaur tour here weather <laughs> 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 podcast anyway Wow. Okay, so I guess it's what was I drinking? It's gone. Whoa. Now. Oh no, there's a yeah, little bit. Yeah, man. It's yeah, Sailor Jerry and Coke Zero, just to keep Ooh. the calories down. Ooh. Sailor Jerry, what is, what is Sailor Jerry? Jerry's rum. Oh, it's rum. it's like uh, Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan. Oh, Only better. Rum, <laughs> Captain yeah. Morgan, yeah. Sailor Jerry. Nice. Only yep. better. It's better. See yeah. what they did there. Rum and uh, well oh, mash. TV. Mash. Mash. Ooh, you're, oh, you're going back. I do. That's why. I, you what mash is. Which decade? I wasn't when I was young. They were like, "Oh, you got to go to bed. You you can't watch this show." Brady, you've heard of Mash, right? No, I, I I promise you, this is not me making it up. I've never heard of the show Mash. Pierce and Hawkeye and Colonel no. Potter. You Google it after the show. Yeah, it's, it's still Google. on like um one of the channels where like late at night or something. Yeah. What's yeah. the concept? I think it may have actually gone on longer than like Cheers, which is my second favorite, by the way, um, for series for length. How many seasons I had? It was ridiculous. It was set long. in Korea in the yes. Korean War. Okay. And they were it was beyond surgeons. Popular. Like, yeah, they were surgeons in a mass unit, mobile army surgical, surgical hospital. It was like hospital. a comedy nice. or. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. funny. But there was drama. There was drama yeah. in it once in a while. Yeah, it was in know. the you know, Korean War. So <laughs> yeah. I can see there being some yeah. drama. But every once in a while, I'll turn the channel and it'll be on. All right. All right. We're, we're moving on. Jen, uh, Jen Watson, our contributor at the Weather Channel. Uh, Jen, what are you drinking? And you what's your favorite I, TV? It's a really like um, mundane drinking because I'm not even drinking hot chocolate. It's just water. I don't know what it is. See, Jennifer, the setup of, of it's just wrong. You're drinking dihydrogen monoxide. Ooh, this is true. Yeah. This Wait a second. True. What? Say it again. Dihydronide. <laughs> Di well not no now I'm messing God, up. You went to school, Brady. <laughs> Di dihydrogen <laughs> monoxide. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I want to drink water anymore if that's the name of it. I'm not really sure. <laughs> it's 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 good to be hydrated. Um okay, so my favorite show growing up was Full House. Um uh, uh, only because uh, I have a twin sister and so like we thought we were the Olsen twins and so um <laughs> right, I forgot. <laughs> Are you upset that what's her face got put in right. didn't she go to jail? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Becky, Aunt Becky, Aunt Becky. Yeah, Aunt that Becky. was upsetting. That was yeah, upsetting. for college. Yeah. yeah, college. Because it's 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 expensive. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the actress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we used right. to switch classes um, on April first every year. It was Aww. fun. Okay. Did you really? Yes. Now, did they do that on Full House? Is that where you got the idea? No, actually, okay. one of um, our teachers Sorry, came up with the idea. Yeah, you're good. 
And so um, we did it like every single year and our teachers would try to trick us and everything like that. Like it was hilarious. And Wait, now we just switched classes like awesome. when you were older or yeah, well, it started in elementary school. Like we were like seven and then we just can every year it was like our thing on April 1st on April Fool's Day. Oh, on so, April. I'm, I'm surprised my twin boys have not done it. Like you'd be like, oh my, hey, bud, go take my math test. I would do that all the time. I mean, oh, my gosh. No, we yeah. really like um, I was really good at math. She was really good at English. So we, we thought about that seriously. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. I haven't brought it up because I don't want to give him ideas. Yeah, no, don't give him ideas. <laughs> Brady, you have a twin, don't you? You know, I do. Uh, but he can't. Brady, you have a twin. I How do. Did I yeah. Not know this? Yeah. Um, What's his name again? He's a little bit of a troublemaker. His name's Brad. He's Brad. A, that's Brad right. and Brady. Bad yeah, Brad. I, I, I still don't know why my mom named him that, but that's that's fine. Well, well, Brady, while we're on you, Brady Harris, our atmospheric science. Hey, 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 Dina. Yeah, you, you missed that episode, Dina. We'll get you on another episode where we get those two. We get those two back on. Uh, but Brady Harris, our atmospheric science graduate. Uh, Brady, what are you drinking? You know, I hate to keep the train rolling, but I'm drinking some water. But I have an excuse. Okay. Right? I, if you can see, I have a long ways to go. I still have about a quarter of a, you know, 49 ounces left to go. But uh, I'm picking my brother up from the airport in a little bit. So I got to, you know, got to take it easy here. But uh, my favorite TV show is uh, Game of Thrones. And once you get oh, past yeah. kind of the crazy first season with all the nudity and all that stuff, once you get past that, it is actually a fantastic show. It is. It but was very like, good. I forget what the other TV show, Dexter, it does not end well. So, yeah. Mm, what? You know, be ready well, House of Dragons, I think, is August yeah. coming out. It's, it's just, oh. it's hard when you have a, a show that goes beyond six seasons, it is really hard to end it well. Uh, so, that's all right. I enjoyed it while it lasted. All right, great. Hey, Maz, uh, let's go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. Awesome. Thank you. We've got Lamont Bain. He's the science operations officer. That's SOO. Sometimes we call him Sue out of the <laughs> National Weather Service at Flagstaff. Lamont Bain became the lead meteorologist at Fort Worth, Dallas, before moving into his current role as science operations officer at the National Weather Service in Flagstaff. He's responsible for training the staff and keeping abreast of the latest meteorological and technological advances for research projects in the office. Lamont graduated from the University of Oklahoma. Go Sooners! With a BS in meteorology. I'm from Nebraska, so that was really hard for me. To oh, say. Wow. oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. BS in meteorology and received his master's in atmospheric science from the University of Alabama, Huntsville, Welcome, Lamont. Hey, I got to ask you. Yes. So as the Sioux, what's what's like the most recent latest big thing that you guys are working on? Or, or are you allowed to even say yet? Oh, absolutely. And you can probably see my dog in there in the background, uh, Sandy. Uh, <laughs> but one of the, the great things that, um, you know, kind of came out of the pandemic was uh, the ability to sort of do our virtual training sessions using uh, sort of a, a cloud version of our uh, of the the software that we use uh, to make uh, weather predictions, but also uh, issue watches uh, and warnings. And we call that that a, that uh, that platform is called AWIPS, the Advanced Weather Interactive Processing System. 
And so uh, we've actually gotten uh, a lot more, uh, you know, savvy uh, in terms of utilizing the cloud functionality. And now, uh, you know, you can essentially have AWIPS just about wherever you go. If you have some sort of internet connection, uh, you can utilize uh, you can utilize AWIPS in the cloud uh, for training purposes, but then also uh, in, in real life situations. I'm an incident meteorologist and last year, uh, we certainly had uh, no shortage of wildfires, especially across the Western United States. Uh, and Cloud AWIPS was something that we could leverage because we have some pretty unique data sets uh, that come in AWIPS. And so it was really awesome uh, to be able to use that out on the front lines, keeping the firefighters uh, and other first responders safe. Are you seeing a lot of tech? I mean, is, is there like this massive curve of technology that you're starting to see? Is it like coming out like every hour, every day, every week? I mean, what is how is that all fit in there? Yeah, you know, um, it, it's always, always evolving, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the latest in uh, observational equipment, you know, we're, we're starting to look at things like auto launchers for uh, weather balloon launches to uh, producing high resolution model guidance that runs essentially every hour and can actually give us time steps on the order of 15 to 30 minutes. So we're talking about uh, numerical modeling that has has really advanced uh, pretty uh, pretty quickly, uh, at least since I was going to uh, going to school. So pretty uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, I've got a couple of autos I'd like to launch. Just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lamont, how do you, how do how do you keep up with that? I mean, is it is it just is it communication with other offices what they're developing? Is it is it research? Like how how do you keep up with all of this new technology that's coming out both by you guys and also in the private sector and all these different you know, all these different things. Yes, it, it's exceptionally, uh, exceptionally challenging. Uh, but one of the best metrics or one of the best mediums, and I think we're all excited uh, about this as we kind of come out of the pandemic, uh, are conferences. Uh, at these conferences, you know, you present uh, various uh, presentations, uh, you know, on a variety of, of topics. And, you know, the, the formal settings are, are fantastic, but it's really sort of the um, on the side uh, discussions where when you're out having a, a beer or two and you're just talking about some of the things the the offices, you know, your office is doing, or maybe there's a national center like the Storm Prediction Center, Weather Prediction Center, maybe they're leveraging uh, some new technologies. And it's like, hey, you know, we would love to you know, link up with you, maybe some sort of experiment, or you come to our office, uh, either in person or, or virtually, and, and we share these ideas. You know, certainly you've got a lot of emails. Uh, we've got a lot of different uh, chat rooms that we utilize uh, and, and talk with neighboring offices. But really, I think conferences uh, are, are really the big medium to share mm -hmm. a, lot of these, uh, a lot of these ideas. And it's great when it's in person. Yeah, for sure. So Lamont, I have to ask you, moving to Flagstaff, I've actually never been there before, but the weather there, um, you get a lot of variation. What is one of the things that has surprised you about the weather in Flagstaff? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that um, really did surprise me and I haven't experienced it yet, uh, you know, head on, uh, but is how how cool it stays, you know, relatively speaking in the, in the summer. Uh, most of the residential uh, places here uh, don't have air conditioning. Uh, wow. And, you know, it's funny when I told people, hey, I'm moving to Arizona, everyone, you know, they're like, you know, getting me the, the cactus figurines and saying, oh, it's going to be hot. And I said, well, <laughs> Blackstaff's a little different because, you know, we're around 7,000 feet uh, elevation. Uh, and so for the most part, um, it stays pretty cool here, even during the summer. Um, to my knowledge, the, uh, the Flagstaff Airport has never uh, eclipsed 100 degrees. 
Um, wow. Now, wow. we do have a transition season between uh, sort of our, our dry season, which is actually our spring, uh, contrary to what I'm used to. Uh, and then before we get into really the heart of summer, that's when we start to see the transition uh, into the monsoon season. So we go from fire weather, really hot, really dry. Um, so kind of the, the, the typical Arizona. But then once we get into the monsoon season, provided that, uh, you know, we've got a strong enough monsoon, We'll have daily showers and thunderstorms. The cloud cover will keep us uh, pretty cool. Uh, and so really, for the most part, uh, don't really need uh, air conditioning. We're so untold. So we'll, uh, we'll see how, how that yeah, it's, like, it's one thing when it's Maine. Yeah. 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 We've been up to 100 here and we don't have air conditioning. So it's like, oh, it sounds even nicer yeah. there. And you're so much further south. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How so, many so times? My, it, I see. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Mass. I was just say, how many times have you used the phrase? But it's a dry heat. Uh, wow. So you know, I I haven't because I am of the opinion, at, at least for me, once it gets above like 103, 105, I, I don't really care that it's a dry heat. To me. It's, just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, just hot. it's just hot. Yes, and, and fortunately, we are. Um, you know that dry heat that they have down in in the valley um that's that's extreme heat to me so i i would probably say it's extreme heat over dry heat um from what i understand though you stand in the shade and it's just fine but uh <laughs> actually i was down in phoenix last week and um you know your car thermometer probably not calibrated uh, properly but just looking at the differentials around a 30 degree uh uh differential temperature wise from uh, in the foothills of, of northern Phoenix and then uh, coming up here into into Flagstaff. So uh, it's certainly the gradient that I, I know I didn't appreciate at first, um, but because we do, you know, we don't have as much moisture, you do get those fluctuations um, in temperature, even over short distances uh, and especially with elevation. So. Mm -hmm. So That's Lamont, awesome. I've seen you, you know, you, you kind of were a lead meteorologist or not kind of were you were the lead meteorologist <laughs> at, at Fort Worth. And, and now you're kind of the, not kind of, once again, you're the science operations officer. Do you, do you still do any forecasting and do you miss kind of that aspect and what's kind of the, the main differences between those two? Cause I think for those of our viewers who may not, you know, have heard those missions before, I think that could give us some good perspective there. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, really the, the difference between the lead meteorologist and any position of the, the National Weather Service management staff, at least at the field office, is, you know, the, the forecasters generally work um, just about exclusive uh, operational shifts. Um, they have what we call these supernumerary super shifts or these administrative shifts where they can work on uh, some of their, their projects and whatnot. Um, you know, of the, so there's three main managers in the weather service, the meteorologist in charge, who's sort of the, the overarching uh, boss. Then you have the warning coordination meteorologist, um, who mainly deals with the outreach, um, you know, interfaces most with the partners uh, and the public. And then you have the science and operations officer or science operations officer, um, and that's me. And because I, you know, my title still has operations, I actually will still work, um, you know, a decent amount of shifts. Uh, now here in our office uh, in Flagstaff, we are a little different in that uh, we've got some vacancies. So I've actually been filling in, filling in quite a few shifts. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the the stats pour out around close to fifty percent 
uh, in terms of the, the shifts that I've been working. And I actually think that's a good thing because now I, you know, one moving to a completely different regime from, from Fort Worth, uh, it's been really beneficial to understand uh, just the different patterns that, that happen here because they are quite different. It's uh, certainly a lot more arid, but uh, you know, we also have these things called mountains here. Uh, so, so understanding how, you know, what sort of role they play in uh, precipitation, temperature, even moisture patterns, um, that's exceptionally important. Now, where the Sioux maybe difference differs a little bit from the forecaster, you know, other than um, other than the the amount of shift work, I'm probably a little bit more. I'm certainly a little bit more on the admin side, uh, but I'm looking to to sort of I really spearhead a lot of the the office training to make sure that we are staying you know abreast of of some of the new technologies that may make our job uh, easier, but also allow us to provide. Uh, an even better service, and not just to the public. You know, we do forecasting for uh, airports, so aviation. Uh, we also provide forecasts for uh, for firefighters, and and fire weather is certainly a you know pretty significant deal. Uh, you know, especially uh, here across the high country, where I believe we have one of the largest, if not the largest, um, uh, kind of grouping of ponderosa pine. And so, uh, you know, when we when we have these periods where we're exceptionally dry. Uh, the ponderosa pine, you know, they shed the needles. Those needles can be very uh, combustible uh, and certainly uh, can can cause problems fire weather wise. So uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more on the admin side, but I still kind of keep uh, one foot in the operations uh, mainly to help out. Um, so I can be uh, useful, not to say the other, uh, you know, managers aren't useful, but as the operations <laughs> officer, it's probably even more so important that I, you know, I stay a little bit more entrenched entrench with operations just mm -hmm. so that I, I know how to help the staff see where they're, yeah. Hey, where are some of the challenges that we have? Where are some things that we can improve upon mm -hmm. and, and really just help out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, LeVon, all these research projects you guys are doing, some of the ones you mentioned are all kind of like on the Met side. So, you know, better modeling and all this stuff, but do you see something, um, down the road that is going to be seen more by the public because we've had people on our show that have talked about changes in warnings and the way warnings are going to be issued. So what do you think is the next thing that is going to actually be seen by the public? Yeah. So that's a, you know, there, ideally there's going to be a, a lot of things, um, you know, kind of not to spend a ton of time on, on warnings, but, you know, we're trying to, we're really shifting toward this paradigm of, you know, not, not necessarily warning on detection, but trying to anticipate, you know, maybe when the storm is just developing, like, hey, you know what? A lot of the, our, our our new tools are suggesting that there's a higher probability of this storm, you know, producing large hail or producing strong winds or flash flooding. Um, and so, you know, for, for me, the basis of, of good service and good, what we call decision support, uh, really stems from a good forecast. And so with technologies like that, I see us getting out ahead of things rather quickly uh, in 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 mediums such as you know our in our chat room to our partners, but also you know on our social media. Our social media, you know, that that's a very uh, that can be a very efficient way to to disseminate you know life saving uh, you know weather and warning or weather and water information uh, to people. So I, I see that I see that capability of being able to provide. Uh, even advanced, you know, lead time on on things like warnings, really beneficial in the you know in the social media uh, realm, and and really being able to to help people out and say, hey, um, you know, today, uh, you know, we're going to have a chance for for showers and storms. 
And for our area, you know, we've got a lot of, of transient uh, traffic with the Grand Canyon in our backyard. We've got several national monuments, Horseshoe Bend. People just love to be outside. And, you know, it, it's a little challenging at this point in time, you know, when we know that, hey, there's probably going to be the potential for flash flooding, but we can't, you know, we can't get a warning out until, you know, two or three hours ahead of time. By then it's probably too late. Most people are out camping or doing whatever, they don't have cell phone service. If we can, you know, wake up that day and say, Hey, today is going to be a, today's going to be a day where if you're out, you know, in the, in the middle of the back country, you know, you may want to consider those plans, uh, certainly avoid areas that are, um, you know, that are flood prone and things like that. And I think once we start to, to get a little bit more confidence in, in some of those tools, we can do a lot more outreach and, and talk to the people at the national parks and say, hey, you know what, here's some information. Uh, this is what you should do if you find yourself uh, in this situation where there's the potential for flash flooding. So I, I really see, you know, the weather service as a whole, we're really shifting more toward that decision support. It doesn't matter if we have a great forecast, if, if it's not communicated well, uh, and with sufficient lead time for people to make, um, you know, mm -hmm. make decisions, it, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. Agreed. So Lamont, let me ask you. So as the science officer, I mean, not to be like Star Trek or anything like that, but all right. So Spock, tell me, um, no, do you ever, do you ever see like the future and think, huh, we're going to go AI and a whole bunch of y'all going to be out of jobs here in the future. You know, that's always um, that's always the the concern. And, uh, you know, maybe we will eventually get to that point. I still think we have quite a ways to go, um, you know, even with with as sophisticated as AI is, you know, it's only really giving you a, a forecast. It, it, may, it likely doesn't make it actionable for for you. So, you know, one one example is the flash flood warning. You know, you can issue the flash flood warning. We as meteorologists or weather enthusiasts, we all know what that means. But, you know, someone, you know, my, my mom, she may not know, OK, what is what does that mean? So we while we may not necessarily be in the business of sitting down and, and doing the grids or maybe even drawing the warning polygons, we're still going to be communicators of that information. And again, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, the most sophisticated tools that, that, you know, have a 100% probability of detection and a very low FAR, that information is not communicated and, and, you know, put in the, the hands of the decision makers and the public, it doesn't matter. So I don't necessarily, you know, especially in my lifetime, I don't see us, us getting out of a, a job per se, but maybe I, maybe I see our focus shifting more toward communicators of the the hazardous weather information so we're good for another year right <laughs> well, i think at least no, well, another sorry. decade or two <laughs> we're kind of good i think we're only kind of i think we're only kind of good <laughs> but kind of good but uh hey we're so we're talking weather oh. forecasting <laughs> brady yes I'm and never gonna uh, that i hope every I, I really hope everyone's already dumped the standard weather app that comes on your phone because despite most weather apps getting information from similar sources, I can't stand having to swipe, uh, push this, uh, swipe that way, you know, just to get the forecast I want. But with atmosphere weather, it's amazing what I can see on just one screen. Atmosphere weather's unique difference is that it shows the weather forecast around a 24-hour clock. So what's neat about that is on one screen, I can see the hourly temp, sky cover, precipitation probability and intensity. I can see live radar, and I can even sync my calendar events without having to swipe or push anything. 
right? So I'll tell you, you've never seen anything like it. You can find Atmosphere Weather in your Apple or Google store, or just visit atmosphereweather.com for the official weather app of the Stormfront Freaks podcast. So, hey, I think it's time for a break. Uh, Go ahead and get another drink while you listen to this episode of Tracker Chat. We'll be right back with more from Lamont. Hey, welcome to Tracker Chat. This is the Tornado Trackers. My name is Jeremy Heyman, and I am joined by the great Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum. How's it going, guys? Going great. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, this week we want to chat a little bit about uh, weather models, forecasting models uh, for beginners, for the folks who are looking to head out and spot some supercells and, and other weather events. Gabe, uh, you have always been our resident forecaster. Um, I believe you've been studying forecast models uh, on an amateur level since you were about five. And so we would love to hear from you on uh, what do you, what kind of models do you like to use? What kind of websites do you go to, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Gabe Cox, take it away on Model Talk. All right. So here is my disclaimer. I am not a meteorologist. That is not what I went to school for. So the fact that we get anywhere near a storm should give everyone hope that they can one day forecast as well. Forecasting is one of my favorite things to be frustrated with because uh, it's easy to see something on a model and want to take it for the gospel truth. But we have to always remember that the models are simply a guide and they need human interpretation. So, you know, when you're looking at uh, the HER, the HRRR, for example, the day of and you see a nice big cell in your target area, it's very tempting to want to just go sit there because, well, the HER said there's going to be a cell there. Um, but you need to to be sure to look at all of the ingredients and where they overlay. And then, you know, day of, we're looking at Um, surface observations and satellite imagery. Um, So one of my favorite websites for forecast models is Pivotal Weather that has access to GFS, the Euro. Um, Those are the long-range models. And then you have uh, the NAM. Gabe, could you just briefly, for a total noob uh, who wants to maybe get into forecasting, could you just explain a little bit kind of the difference between long-range model, medium-range model, and then the the short-range model? Sure. Uh, The long-range models, like the GFS and the Euro, are really great at forecasting the overall big-scale weather patterns, especially looking down the road several days ahead. And then once it starts getting to within a day or two of an event, um, that's when I start to switch to the NAM. Um, It starts to provide some more detailed information about ingredients that are coming together, and then the day of, uh, bouncing between the NAM 3K, which is just a higher res NAM, um, and the HER, the HRRR. And those are both convection-allowing models. Um, and what that means is it'll show you simulated radar. Awesome. How do you use uh, models while you're actually on the road? The day of, um, let's say there's forecast tornadoes uh, for the evening. Um, When I wake up, the first thing I look at is the HRRR and the NAM3K. 
um, as well as cross-checking my forecasting with the Storm Prediction Center's convective outlooks. So morning of checking the HRR, and then it's it's a matter of finding the place where the necessary ingredients overlay with other necessary ingredients. So, you know, if you're going to look for good dew points, you have to make sure that it has good shear in the same area that there are good dew points. Um, and a lot of this information, um, you know, we could talk for hours about how all the ingredients affect each other. All that information is conveniently located on the National Weather Service websites. They have some educational resources and the Storm Prediction Center also has video lectures about severe thunderstorm forecasting. Those are the resources I used a lot when I was learning how to do this and still reference. So with any of these models, you're able to click on an area on a map to get a forecast sounding. Um, and that is a little more technical display of information, but you'll get all of the necessary information to make accurate forecasts and to figure out where your target area is going to be. Well, great. Thanks for uh, some some great wisdom on using publicly available weather models on places like Pivotal Weather, the SPC, and the the NWS. A lot of acronyms there. Great, guys. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. This has been Tracker Chat, and we have been the Tornado Trackers. You can find us everywhere on social media at Tornado Trackers and our website, tornadotrackers.org. Thanks so much, and we will hear from you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hey, uh, welcome back to the show. You know, we haven't we haven't had in a while a, a National Weather Service met on the show for a while. So it's kind of cool, Lamont, uh, that that you had a chance to join us. But you you obviously have spent more time uh, at the Dallas Fort Worth office more than you have Flagstaff yet. And so I'm curious, uh, was it 2020, the, the big winter storm and the big winter cold that you guys had that like froze everybody's pipes and all, when, was that 2020? That was, when uh, was that? That would have been 20, uh, that would have been 2021. It was 21. Okay. Yep, 2021. So, so tell, tell me what was, what was your whole experience of that and what, what were some of the things that you, you saw and dealt with? Yeah. So, you know, during that, um, you know, during 2021, that winter event, it was really a series of, uh, of different events. I was actually a lead forecaster there um, at uh, at Fort Worth. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. You're showing some of the uh, YouTube footage of the, the pileup. I think that was in Pennsylvania or somewhere in the Northeast. Yep. Yep. Uh, you all are probably familiar with the similar pileup that they had on uh, on I-35W there through uh, just to, on the north side of, of downtown Fort Worth. And I actually live downtown 
Um, unfortunately that day I didn't have to go into work, uh, but that was, or that morning, but that was uh, very, very chaotic. Um, and I, I tell people this all the time. I think freezing drizzle is probably in terms of winter precip types, that's the one that I loathe the most because <laughs> I'm with you. Yes, because it's, it's, um, from a forecasting standpoint, it's hard because we're getting down to, you know, the air bars associated with the tools that we have. Uh, but more importantly, it's very challenging to to message. It's hard to get people to, uh, you know, slow down when it, it appears that the roads are just wet or, you know, you know, it's only lightly uh, raining. And Plus it just uh, sucks know. anyway. I mean, who who wants freezing drizzle on their car, it, on the side? Exactly. Uh, I think ice storms in general are the are yeah. the worst. They are just yeah. they're so overrated. <laughs> I don't I don't like so. them. Yeah, people, they make for neat photography at night if you've got power. But, you know, I think they're terrible. So um, that really sort of kicked things off. Uh, for that event was that freezing drizzle where we had uh, over 100, uh, 100 car pileup on um, on I-35W, uh, the express yeah. lanes. And so that really set the tone. Uh, and then we saw periods of uh, across our, our CWA, which was our county warning area, which was uh, is massive, runs from the Red River down just to the north of the of the Austin San Antonio San Antonio area. And so we pr predominantly saw snow and sleet in the Metroplex, but down across central Texas, um, they actually suffered a pretty substantial ice storm. And given their infrastructure, their sensitivity um, to, to winter weather, uh, it was tremendous, it was, it was high impact. And so that drove our, our work workload up immensely. Um, you know, certainly trying to talk with the uh, media partners who are great, uh, but they're asking a lot of questions. But when you think about some of the infrastructure that we have in the Metroplex, we've got not only DFW Airport, but we also had Dallas Love Field. Um, so two huge airports that we're doing conference calls with them uh, every six hours. Uh, we're also uh, briefing uh, county judges, emergency managers. Uh, and so the workload was uh, was insane. And then we get to the the bitter cold. And that was that presented a big challenge to us because while any sort of winter weather is is high impact across the metroplex the cold that we were looking at was was record breaking um you know we we knew uh several days uh, ahead of it you know just the the confidence that we were getting uh in some of the simulations we said hey this is going to be cold this is going to result in uh impacts to our our power grids you need to start thinking about what you're going to do in the event that you lose power most of the winter storms across North Texas, it's typically a, you know, 12 to, to maybe, uh, you know, 24 hour thing. Uh, a lot of times it snows in the morning, we'll have lingering impacts, but then by the next day, it's like, what snow? In this instance, it was days upon days of, uh, you know, near sub-freezing or below or near freezing or sub-freezing temperatures. And that really compounded a lot of the problems on the road. But then when you get down to, uh, I believe we got down to like minus one or minus two at DFW Airport, wow. just the infrastructure that we have there across, that we had there across North Texas, just could not really withstand that. Um, and so I was actually working um, the, the first night I ended up staying uh, at the office. Uh, I stayed in our training room. Actually, I had my queen size uh, air mattress. And oh, wow. Uh, wow. Our office is on, um, we have every weather service office has a generator. And so we, we stayed on generator power the entire time. But uh, across the, we've got a window that looked north. We noticed that the lights were going off 
and on. Oh, oh my gosh. That's, and we that's looked freaky. on our social media feeds and we were seeing people saying, oh, we're without power. We, oh. Again, because we were anticipating this, we had, we had our graphics. Um, we had our graphics saying what to do if you lose your power. And it's our hope that, um, you know, people still hopefully had cell phone service and they were able to, to take action. Um, even though we had our own, our own power supply, we were not necessarily immune to the impacts from the cold. So our, um, one of, in every weather service office, you have an equipment room and they are staffed with two, um, two units to, to cool, air conditioning units to cool. Uh, of course, you know, those air conditioning units have the intake and one of the intakes on one of the uh, one of the, the units uh, was actually clogged. It, it became frozen. Oh. And so we're starting to get alarms. Oh, uh, no. And I've been oh a lead. I had been a lead for maybe about a year and some change. And this that was new. I was like, OK, that's not good. So we ended up uh, <laughs> fortunately we have two. So we have a, we had a backup and um, we ended up turning. I ended up turning one of the one of the units off. And I told the other uh, other forecasters I was working with who were younger than me, and most of them were. Um, see, in the Fort Worth office, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of uh, natives from South Texas, and so this is also new to them. I wow. said, "Well, if uh, if the other Liebert fails, we'll just open the door to the equipment room, and that should keep it pretty cool." <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, I bet. You know, just, just things like that um, that are like, wow, you know, I didn't. I didn't think about that. And then uh, another another uh, thing that we have um, is um, most of our, uh, you know, model guidance, uh, some of our observational tools come over a satellite uh, feed. Well, our satellite dish accumulated snow and ice. And so a couple of times we had to go out and remove the snow and ice because we were experiencing latency uh, with mm -hmm. some of our products. So we were very fortunate that um, you know we we had power in our generator. I think um, on generator it's a it's old school diesel. I think it would last for several weeks. Um, you know we were we were very fortunate to um, to not have lost power and, and had to transfer our services over um, to to one of our backup offices. It certainly had a the the event had a, a toll on a lot of the staff. Um, my apartment, fortunately. Um, I didn't lose power. <laughs> I was actually wow. really surprised by that. And then it it was when I realized that, hey, I'm only a block or so away from the hospital district. So mm -hmm. they were uh. more than likely immune from some of the the rolling blackouts. I did have some, we did have some coworkers, I did have some coworkers on the north side that had pools and they had some pretty significant damage in terms of pipes. Oh wow. The yeah. Yeah. The heaters running, they were losing power. Uh, fortunately, some of them did have old school fireplaces, so they were able to keep warm. Uh, but we did have people that were able to get into the office, uh, just stay at the office. So it was certainly, um, you know, we hadn't really dealt with a significant winter uh, weather event uh, to that magnitude, um, probably close to close to a decade. And so uh, we did have a little bit of rust, but. Uh, the team there at Fort Worth was was awesome. They really were able to, I think we were really able to rally together. Um, we had some things uh, pre-positioned, uh, try to anticipate some of the things that we thought would would happen as a result of the cold. And I think that really, I think that really helped us. So that's awesome. Oh my God. So I have to address the elephant in the room a little bit here. You said your dog's name was Sandy. Sandy. Is that, is that meteorological? 
like wow. Sandy or <laughs> wow. just Maybe a little Oh, bad dog. Bad dog. Superstorm Sandy. I think she hit. Um, yeah. So cute. Yes. <laughs> but awesome. partly, partly. But it That's also okay. seems to just fit her because she's kind of a blonde cream, uh, you know, kind of like a Sandy Beach. So. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice. I just had to, like I said, elephant in of the room course, for me. I, I've course. been dying to ask for like the past hour. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Lamont, I have to ask you. Um, you got your master's degree from the University of Alabama, um, Huntsville, yeah. and so they have an amazing, which I'm sure you know. Um, if you did it in person, they've got swirl all their research. You know, uh, cars and trucks and everything. Did you do any research with them uh, while you're getting your master's? Yeah, so the um, so the Swirl building was still um, was still under construction when when I was there. They had just gotten uh, a lot of the funding, so I was over at the uh, NSSTC. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually ran the Armor Radar, which I think you're familiar with uh, yeah. there as, as well. And um, so I I wasn't there. I think I was there for the groundbreaking uh, ceremony. But in terms of a lot of the tools um, that they had. Uh, sort of pre-swirl, I did have the opportunity to um, to participate operating the Max radar, uh, the mobile uh, Alabama X-band radar. Uh, they have a mobile integrated profiling system, the MIPS, uh, yeah. and then also uh, Armor. And so I was a, a part of that. Uh, we were actually part of the deep convective clouds and chemistry experiment. Um, I was one of the lead forecasters on that. Uh, so that was fun. And then I eventually did go back. I did go back to Huntsville um, just to visit some uh, some friends. And I got to get a tour of the of the Swirl building. And wow, really, really amazing stuff. And, uh, you know, super, super happy. I know they're all, they've been on, uh, I think they were the headquarters for Vortex Southeast. And yeah. then I think they're also playing a pretty big role in the uh, Perils. Uh, I think that's the name of the experiment, Perils Experiment, where they're looking more at kind of your classic Southeast uh, tornado uh, type environments. So they, yeah. it's really, it's really great to like look back and say, man, that's so cool that, you know, I went there <laughs> and I love the sound effects. <laughs> that's like a good, well, hey, that Lamont, that is the sound. It is actually time for our lightning round. Okay. So uh, the lightning round, this is our, our game show of flashy and brilliant questions uh, that we always play with our guests. And, and I'll tell you this, you know, I was, during the break, I was talking about uh, some of the previous lightning round uh, games that we've done, and, and some are sometimes a little risque, or we just, you know, like to have fun. But that's normally when I kind of know our guest, or I've had a chance to meet our guests before the show. And because I hadn't had a chance to really meet you yet... We're, we're going to play a pretty fa uh, family-friendly game tonight. But next time we have you on, we'll, we'll kind of get fun and, sure. and, and go a little more. But So tonight is pretty simple. We're just playing a good old game of The Price is Right. A right. uh, little Price is Right. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty simple. What I'm going to do, so, so this is the weather version of The Price is Right. So I'm going to actually give you some various uh, weather products. And I'm going to give you two different prices, and you just have to tell me which price is right. Okay. Does that make sense? So, sure. so pretty simple. And at the end, if you've gotten them all correctly, you win a car. <laughs> you win a car. Or what's behind yep. door number two? Is it the Stormfront Freaks chasing van? Is that the <laughs> It might be. It might be. Right. It might be so. So, so here, we'll, we'll go ahead and do this. We'll get started. Um, here, here are here are the here's the first product uh, up for for what do they say? Up for bid? Up for yeah? 
Yeah. Whatever. Uh, So it's the Kestrel 5500 weather anemometer, right? It's a handheld anemometer. Is the price of that $350 or $130? $350. That is correct. $350. So you're you're one question closer to that car. All right. Uh, (laughs) Oh, there you go. So uh, next one is the GoPro Hero 8 Black. Uh, Is that $200 or $300? So I have the GoPro 10. I'm going to go 300. That is correct. Very good. Very good. Nice. All right, here we go. Radar Scope Pro Tier 2. Is that $30 a year or $15 a year? $30 a year. (laughs) Pro Tier 2, Phil. I don't think I've ever heard of it. 15. 15 you pro. It, you said it with confidence, though. There's there's multiple tiers. There's yeah, a, pro a pro tier one. one. There's a pro tier two. And you were wow. asking me about pro tier two. Two. Yeah. Pro tier oh, one, okay. I think, is nine ninety nine. I think that's oh, ten yeah. bucks a year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, next one. Uh, Allison House Storm Chaser Data. Is that one hundred and sixty five a year or two hundred and seventy five a year? Allison House. They got. They actually have two. They have a Storm Hunter level. They have a Storm Chaser level. Um, but I'm, Storm Chaser, the Storm Chaser data is at one sixty-five a year or two seventy-five a year. I want to say one sixty-five because I feel yeah. two seventy-five is like more than a what lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cost. a lot. Yeah. So one sixty-five. You'd be correct. Good job. Good job. Um, All right. Say that price is right. Come on, man! You gotta be scary up there. I I don't I don't watch. I, I haven't. Well, I'm a Bob Barker. I'm a Bob Barker yeah. kind of guy. Who's doing it Price now? Right, so I, yeah, know. who is doing it now? Anybody know? It's not yeah, true it's anymore, true. is it? Yeah, it is. It, Wait, I don't no. know. Is it still? I thought I thought he I thought he just wrapped it up or finished or or announced he was finishing one of those. All right, here we go. Four more. The Davis Vantage View Wireless Weather Station. Is that $490 or $350? You said it's a Davis? Davis Vantage View. Yep. What were the 490 or three fifty? Four ninety or three fifty? I'm gonna go three fifty. Yeah, I'm going three fifty. Okay. You would be yeah. correct. Oregon no. Scientific is more expensive than the Davis. Because I that's what I had growing up was an Oregon Scientific. And it was, yeah. it was well, didn't we all really? all right midland wr120 weather radio the good old classic 30 dollars or 50 dollars oh that's i think that's 30 it is 30 very good good all right he's good so so for all those storm chasers out there the best gas price in flagstaff is that going for four hundred and or not four hundred? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that going for four dollars and ninety one cents a gallon or four dollars and fifty eight cents a gallon? The best best gas price in Flagstaff right now. Four fifty eight. Four fifty eight. Yeah. Both of those are depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Probably the gas station that I go to if it's to the north and east of town on Highway well, eighty nine. <laughs> there you go. Hint, hint for all of you in Flagstaff. All right, now now going back back to the old town. Best gas price in Dallas is that three fifty three a gallon or four forty nine a gallon. Three fifty three. You're right, man. You you got oh, more expensive. You got God. more expensive on it. Woo! All right, he wins a brand new car. No, you got one wrong. Oh. You got one wrong. Oh. That's okay. Oh. That's, that's, that's oh, 
Lamont, who's your guest, buddy? Who's your guest, buddy? Lamont is. You did really, really good, Lamont. Oh, yeah, that was impressive. Good. That was good. Awesome. I bought I bought insurance just in case we actually had to give away the car, but thank God. I stopped I stopped sweating after you got that one that hey, one Lamont, run. Lamont, remember to spay and neuter your pets. Run, though, did it? Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay. Spin, okay, so Lamont tell uh, Lamont, tell our listeners, uh, where can they find you on social media? What's the best place yeah, to sure. So um I am on uh, Twitter, uh, and you may I guess can I type it in, or do I just need to say it? Just say, it, just go ahead and say it. Yeah. So it's uh, unless Lamont's it's super third. secret or something, no, and you not, don't. No, it's not. Okay. It's open uh, at L A M O N T S T E R. So Lamonster <laughs> W X. That's actually pretty good. That is cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's very cool. good. So our, so I don't know if you know this, Lamont, but our team, our Stormfront Freaks team, so we're gearing up for our Stormfront Freaks Storm Chase in okay. late May. And at helicity.co slash SFF, uh, they've got basically a huge selection of really creative weather and storm-themed T-shirts, gear, uh, and merchandise, including Stormfront Freaks shirts and beverage containers. Uh, You can go to our exclusive site, helicity.co slash SFF. And when you do that, uh, everything in your shopping cart, you're going to get 5% off. Uh, your entire order, so that's pretty cool. And while you're there, you just got to click on the Brands tab, and you're going to find all your Stormfront Freaks favorites. And again, that's helicity.co slash SFF. So it's time for our final break, uh, but we've got more to come, including hashtag WeatherFools and Brady's What Happens Next. So stay tuned. Hi, my name is Jared Smith with the Carolina Weather Group, and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which includes flooding. During a flood, remain weather aware and monitor local television, trusted internet sources, and local radio, including NOAA Weather Radio, for additional information and updates. Don't go into a basement or any room if water covers the electrical outlets or if cords are submerged. If you see sparks or hear buzzing, crackling, snapping, or popping noises, get out. Stay out of water that may have electricity in it. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov slash WRN. Hi, this is Lori Bailey, and I am a Southern Arizona photographer and storm chaser. You are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. It is time for Weather Fools. So this is a segment of the show that we absolutely love, where we get to highlight people who make not great decisions involving the weather. So... Um, speaking of weather fools, uh, who here, raise your hand if you've seen that footage of the snow squall, uh, Phil was just talking about it where like those cars were crazy. We don't have it. We don't show I'm not showing it here right now, but, um, if you haven't seen that video yet, oh my God, go out and find it because the, uh, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely What's it called? insane. It is insane. Yeah. Um, it might be coming up. Brady, is that yeah, one of yours? You, well, I guess we'll just have to see. Who knows? We're going to merge segments. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So what I've got here is a, um, 
Did anybody hear the story about the guy who thought it would be a good idea to impersonate a National Weather Service officer? Oh, this was a good one. Yeah, yeah. this was a good one. So this was back in March. There was a guy who put on a National Weather Service shirt and (gasps) went out and talked to a CNN crew about the storm surveys and the tornado surveys and what this was going to be rated and how they needed to bring out engineering crews. It was going to take another week. Well, the most amazing thing happened is he was found out on social media and this was down in Louisiana and the WFO of the New Orleans office took to social media to call this guy out and said, I work at that office. He's impersonating me. This guy does not work here. Talk about. He can go to jail for that though, can he? He can. He can. And so people were actually talking about the last person to impersonate a meteorologist, like a National Weather Service employee, because it's actually like a crime. Um, It is a crime. Got a year probation and and fines. So, I mean, and that wasn't like taking to video. So this guy did, you know, an an interview on CNN posing as a National Weather Service meteorologist. Oh, my God. It doesn't wow. get much more weather fool than that for that me. That is I the couldn't... biggest weather fool of all time. Yes. What was his end goal there? You know, like is that considered identity him... theft? Maybe. Something like I can't believe if you read in the comments though, the one that impersonated in Davenport was one year probation and two fines of like six hundred dollars. Yeah. And that wasn't like getting on CNN and doing interview. Just crazy. Yeah. So please, people, don't do that. You can appreciate the weather and love the weather. Please don't go impersonating National Weather Service oh employees. God. Yeah. Like major weather fool. So. You might get the yeah. chair. <laughs> <laughs> they may give you the chair for that. Um, cool. So, Dina, you've got a weather fool tonight too, right? I do. And this one's pretty funny. Um, so it it's in Spanish, but you can, of course, translate it. And it says, one of the eruptions that this volcano, I think, Fugo, um, it's erupting and all these people are standing like right on the side of the volcano. Like, look at this. How can you be standing right there when this thing's erupting? Like, oh God, how dumb can you get? I actually saw this one day and I'm like, oh my God, this is a total weather fool. Um, I mean, it's erupting and it's, it doesn't seem like anything's coming down right in front of them. Oh, they're so high up there. They're so high and they're right up on the mountain where like, if this, if something starts flowing down, they're dead. How'd they get up there? Or shoot sideways. If it shoots off. They're, they're, I just can't believe anybody's that dumb. That's crazy. That's, it makes me. Yeah, some of those eruptions, like the side of the mountain can blow out. Yeah, the whole yeah. side Wait. of the mountain can blow up. Wait, is this a volcano chasing tour? Oh, <laughs> I guess. God. Um, and we don't know what they're drinking either. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, that it, that was just insanity. I oh when I God. saw that, I was like, oh my God, I'm I'm saving this for weather pools. That is, that's the perfect weather fool. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. Oh my God. All right. Well, if you want to see the videos or uh, the links to these incredible fools, go to stormfrontfreaks.com and click on the show notes for episode 154. Stormfront Freaks podcast. And what is this segment? Well, it's What Happens Next, where I show a video. I'm going out on YouTube looking for something crazy, something wild. And I'm going to show it to the freaks. I'm going to show maybe a couple of seconds here. And then I'm going to ask you guys, what happens next? 
Let's first start off with a scenario probably some of you are familiar with. Uh, it is a, and this happened, I think, you know, pretty recently. And I forget where, but it was a snowy place in the United States. And it takes place on a freeway. And I'm just going to go ahead and let a couple seconds play and pause it. Oh, oh. oh my God. And you can see here, it, it's clearly snowing heavily. And it, it there's it's foggy and it's on a freeway. Um, and there's already a couple of cars that have gone into an accident. So I'm sure a lot of you have probably seen this video. What do you guys think happens next? Is that Angela's truck? The ghost is that 18 wheeler? I see an 18 wheeler yeah. that's coming. Yeah. And yeah. So I don't yeah. even want. Yeah. It's already a ghost. So it mm -hmm. looks like a ghost in this video. Yeah. So it's, so it's, so it's pretty hard oh. here. And it's. Snow squall for those that haven't seen it, and cars are just piling up. And there's a guy on the side of the freeway video at all. And it's That's... just oh. even just listen to the boxes. Yeah, oh, it wow. gets so worse. You wonder, like, why is everybody going so fast? You can't see and anything. And you know what's so crazy in this video is oh. like it's so eerily <laughs> quiet, and all you hear is the crashes. Like it's yeah, so oh, quiet God. and. There was a tow truck. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, oh, there's stuff on fire. Yeah. So this was Brady. This was on I-81 okay. um, in Pennsylvania. And Jeez. it's a stretch. I, I know I drive a lot. And there are so many semi-trucks yeah, that take crazy. that. It is oh my God. like on a good day that place is packed with cars. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, a lot of you have probably seen that video. But if you haven't, you definitely need to check it out it's because insane. it's it's crazy. And and there yeah. multiple people died. I mean, so that was you know, it, your discretion yeah. is advised on that. Right. Because it, it was it was pretty bad. And I think the guy that actually filmed it, he stopped because it was so bad. So he could help people like he turned wow. off the camera yeah, so he could good. run and help people. Yeah. Because what can you do in this? I mean, you can't wave cars down. I mean, they can't even see you. So it's it's crazy. But yeah. All right. Well, the next clip, uh, this also happened pretty recently. Um, you know, and, and the, the kind of the backdrop here is it looks like there's some sort of river and there's some sort of boat in the distance and there's some low looking, you know, low, low hanging clouds here. I'm just going to play a couple of seconds and pause it. What do you guys think happens next? I don't know. It's hit. Pl you can you play, it yet, have you? play a little bit? I, I did. I don't want to play a little bit. I'm, I'm going to stop it okay. right there. Is Ooh. it water spout? I, I was going to say lightning until I see that dark shadow on the left side. Yeah. Lightning? It looks pretty low. It does. Yeah. I think you guys are onto something here. So I'm going to go ahead and okay. play this here. Oh. You can see yep. on the left oh. side of the screen, oh. there, there's a rotating funnel and it looks like, and there's a tornado. Wow. The there line. it is. And it's, it's headed right. Thing. I mean, it's headed right for that cruise ship. I mean, this that's looks scary. like it's almost sped oh, up, man. but I'm looking at the clock at the bottom. Yeah. Uh oh. I just I realized have I have no desire this. to storm chase on water. Could you yeah. imagine being in that boat? I Ooh. mean, that was oh about God. as close as oh a my God. it comes, and and that was actually a uh, the storm in New Orleans, or the I believe that was the one of the tornadoes that hit that that came close to one of those cruise ships. So. Oh wow! That's a big tornado. Yeah. 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 So that oh, was that was pretty wild. Uh, the next one, uh, and the last one, we have a on-air meteorologist. Uh, I believe it's first warning weather. I don't uh, K X A N. Um, and I'm just going to let a couple seconds play here. It looks like he's zooming on a tornado warning, and he is seeing some sort of getting some sort of message from his producer here. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pause it. What do you guys think happens next? He gets pissed and pulls out his ear. Is, is that <laughs> no, a lot. They're commenting. There's probably telling them, hey, that storm looks too much like a, a penis appendage hanging down. <laughs> oh. uh, don't show that part of the storm. Wow. That's well, that's one well, that's one thing that could happen. Well, let's actually see what happens next here. So he goes to the oh. it looks like a traffic cam. Oh yeah. There it is. A, oh. Wow. Oh, yeah. There's they were probably telling him they had video of it right when he was mm. on it. Yeah. yeah. So you can see a tornado just crosses the freeway right in front, you know, and they get it right on the screen. Wow. Where was this? Where's this? This uh, I thirty five. That was just Texas. north of Austin. Uh, God, what was the name? I keep thinking Shingle Hills or something like that. It's it's a it's a suburb just kind of north of Austin. I saw okay. Bee Cave is one of the towns had me uh, intrigued because uh, they'll always drop the radar if they've got live video. Yep. Yeah. And this this yeah. all of these videos like happen within the past two weeks. So it's been a pretty crazy week and a half or two weeks of weather. So yeah. It's yeah, that's one. Yeah. yeah, the season's that, kicking off. Oh yeah, that's for sure. When when spring comes, I mean, everything just kind of lets loose. But uh, so so all these videos, you can go to stormfrontfreaks.com. Look at look for show number one hundred and fifty four, and uh, we'll have the links there. Awesome. Well, hey everybody, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, Bye, the flown. <laughs> Did it? Wow. Didn't it? Wow, that was a fast one. But hey, before I announce our next guest, if you like the show, uh, don't forget to follow the Stormfront Freaks podcast so you get notified and receive the latest episodes of our show delivered right to your podcast player the moment that they get released. You can also find all the podcast player options uh, right on our website, stormfrontfreaks.com. And do us a favor, tell tell or, or share us uh, with a share us with a friend. Uh, we always like to be shared with your friends. Uh, that kind of came out. you in again? That's right. And then uh, you can also visit stormfrontfreaks.com to find our Patreon link, so you can check out all the ways we can do more with you. And that uh, you can also help support the show, whether it's the live access where you can view and chat. During our raw recordings, uh, we got exclusive merchandise that uh, we give out. We, you can even join us and our guests in the green room. So just uh, visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks to join the team. And, and again, a big shout out to our Patreon team that support the show. Also, uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube page. And, and we don't talk about this a whole lot on the audio podcast. But you can watch previous versions of our recordings of Stormfront Freaks Raw, which is, is our completely unedited recording of the audio show. You can hear all the great conversations during breaks, uh, great questions from our VIPs for our guests, and who knows what else gets beeped out or edited out of our audio pod, uh, podcast. You can uh, subscribe to it on YouTube.com slash Stormfront Freaks. Uh, special thanks to our guest tonight who's back there in the green room right now, Lamont Bain. Thank you very much. We had a great time with you tonight. Uh, you are outstanding, so thanks for joining. And then, Freaks, uh, let us know how people can follow you and find your content. Jen, I'm going to start with you. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at just Jennifer Weather or Twitter at jwatson underscore WX. Cool. Uh, Serena. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as WX Serena with a CY, and I'm starting a TikTok. Ooh. No kidding. And you're up in New Hampshire, too, right? I 
Yeah, good. not Vermont, but New Hampshire. All right, uh, Brady Harris, how about you? Yeah, so I'm on TikTok at Columbus Weather with Brady. I just had a uh, non-weather-related video go viral there, such as proves no one cares about Columbus weather. But uh, and then Instagram uh, at uh, Columbus Weather with Brady on Instagram as well. Cool, Dina. I'm more on Twitter at Lady Pilot Seventy. All right, Maz. Last but well, not least, thank you at uh, at I'm sorry at Money Storm the number four the letter U on Twitter. I, I love how you had to look that up. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, and you, old, can, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at PhilStormPod and right here at StormFrontFreak. Our next episode, we're going to be back in two weeks recording April 14th. With uh, This is pretty cool. You guys, our, our recent Storm Photos of the Year winners. So we did this last year, uh, the first year that they had the, the quote-unquote the Stormies. Uh, we had them on the show, and, and again, they just announced the winners uh, yesterday, and we're going to have them on the show uh, April 14th. Uh, Patreon members, you can join our Raw Recordings Live, and the edited audio podcast is going to be available to everyone else uh, the following Sunday. Okay, so for Serena and Dina and Brady and Jen and Maz, I'm signaling the all clear. See you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.